Um, I want to talk this morning for a short time. As I said, I'm not going to go a full, a full sermon um, since we've already done some other activities today, um, but for a short time on some of the background of Psalm 34. And, uh, and so we're going we're gonna to talk about this. And so it, it says in verse 1 of David, when he feigned insanity before Abimelech, who drove him away and he left. This is, uh, this is interesting because um, as far as we know, this actually is not ever recorded anywhere else in Scripture. There is a moment when David feigned insanity before someone, a king, but it was not Abimelech. It was somebody who wasn't named Abimelech, okay, in, in that. Now, we could postulate perhaps that uh, this king that David did feign insanity from um, also went by Abimelech as a title, so maybe it was the same instance, maybe it was a different instance, but this was a time when, when David did this. He, he feigned insanity before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he left. Um, and David was facing a difficult situation, a challenge, a setback in his life. And in this world that we live in, this is a fallen world, we all face setbacks in our lives. Um, sometimes they're, they're minor, sometimes they're devastating, often they're somewhere in between for us, um, somewhere that um, isn't, you know, it's not maybe crushing to us, but it's discouraging to us, setbacks in our lives. We, we all have experienced these. You know, it, for example, you go try to love someone or some group, and you're trying to love them wisely enough to move them to where God says they should be. I will tell you, if you do that, setbacks will multiply in your life. Because you will see along the way that it's not just something that comes naturally to most people. Now, add to that the perpetual reality of the challenges that we've had for the past year, year and a half. Around the world, people are experiencing really depleting setbacks this past year and a half. It's been a difficult time. We all have setbacks, and it's no different here. Now, I want to tell you a story from 1 Samuel chapter 27. Now, this was a, t a, a similar time. This was not the one that is specifically referred to in, in Psalm 34. But in 1 Samuel chapter 27, at the beginning of that chapter, it talks about this time. There was this long, drawn-out conflict and, and it, was a, it was this transition where God had already anointed, or had, anoint, had David anointed, but he was not yet king. Saul was still king, but God had left him, his spirit had left him. And so there was this, this big transition period of when David was not yet king, Saul was still king, but he wasn't anointed. And so it was a, there, was a, there was a lot of conflict going on as well. A lot of conflict with the Philistines, and at one point, David fled with 600 men and their families, and they settled in the area of the Philistines, um, in Gath, and they were under the protection of the king, Achish, at that point in time, King Achish, and he was a Philistine king, and the king gave David a city. He gave him the city of Ziklag for his people. So David went with his families and his men, 600 men and their families and himself, and they went and settled in Ziklag at that time. 
Now, there was a day that came that King Achish, 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 he and his army decided to go to battle Saul in Israel. Okay, you guys are familiar with this story? And this is, this is recorded for us in 1 Samuel chapter 29. And there it says that David had won the trust of Achish. He had won his trust, and he went out with, with Achish in the rear of the army. So Achish's army is going along, and David and his army are behind them. And Achish, the other Philistine leaders, they're looking at this, saying, this is a bad situation, Achish. You see who's behind us? And we're going to face an enemy in Saul. And behind us is Israel, David, who, yes, he's an enemy of Saul too, in their minds. But, but they're saying, what are these guys doing? What are they doing? Make this man go back to his place. He cannot come with us. He cannot come with us. For he says, he might become our adversary in the battle. For now, would this fellow, how would this fellow appease his Lord? Wouldn't it be with the heads of our own men? And so, Achish relented. He listened to the rest of the Philistine leaders, and he sent David and his men back to Ziklag at that point in time. This is in 1 Samuel chapter 29. So this was a setback for David. Why was this a setback for David? Well, David was a leader. And this was a humiliating blow to his leadership, that he was rejected, that he was sent back. But it got worse for him, right? If you go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30, it begins like this. It says, Now it came to pass, when David and his men returned to Ziklag on the third day, so they were a little ways away, it took them a while to get back, that the Amalekites had made a raid on the Negev and on Ziklag and had attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire, taking the women in it captive, young and old, without killing anyone, but carried them off as they went their way. So when David and his men came to the town, behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captives. Then David and the troops were with him, lifted up their voices and wept until there was no more strength in them to weep. Now, I don't know if you have ever wept about something, cried about something, and there, until there was just no more strength in you to cry, to weep. You can identify with the level of depletion that David and his men were experiencing. They had no strength left. Not only had David himself been rejected and humiliated, by the Philistines, but now everything that they owned and all their families were gone. And they didn't know if they would ever see them ever again. But for David then, it got worse. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, it says, So David was in a serious bind, for the troops were calling for his stoning. For the, all the troops were bitter of soul, every man for his sons and daughters. They were so mad. They were so upset that they were saying, this is your fault, David. This is your fault. You led us out there, and you made us leave our wives and our families behind, and now they're gone. This is your fault, David. We're going to kill you. And they're going to get stones ready to kill him. David led them 
to the land of the Philistines. He's gotten a city for them. He has led his people to so many victorious military battles. He's equipped these people. He's provided for these people with their food and their safety. He was their hero, and he was their champion, and that's why they followed him, and now they're ready to kill him. It's a pretty bad situation for him, right? How, do you, how does someone survive such a series of setbacks? How, how does someone survive humiliation before other people? A devastation to his city and his family. Murderous accusations from the very ones he thought were his best supporters. So what did David do? What are we to do when everything in life is upended like that? In 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 7, it says that David strengthened himself in Adonai his God. David strengthened himself in Adonai his God. So what are we to do? We are to strengthen ourselves. And so I want to I offer you three observations about strengthening ourselves in Adonai our God. What and how can we do this? So the first observation I want to share with you this morning is that when we strengthen ourselves, we, we lean on God's power. So when it says that David strengthened himself, the point was not that his self was the source of the strength that he needed, okay? It wasn't like he was, you know, all right, I'm working out, I'm going to go running. You know, it wasn't like that kind of strengthening himself. It wasn't like he's, um, like, meditating, like Zen meditation to clear everything out of his life. It says his strength was in the Lord his God. But I believe that David had learned strategies to put himself under that pouring out of God's grace and God's power. That, that he had learned how to receive God's grace and his power. And so when we, when we lean on God's power, we have to already be in the practice of receiving God's grace and his power. It's, it's not something that we want to just try and figure out when we're in an emergency situation, okay? We need to practice now receiving God's grace and his power and leaning on his pouring out of his grace and his power so that when we get into these emergency situations, we can receive it all the more. And I believe, too, that that is one of the greatest purposes of being part of a congregation like Remnant of Israel. It's that this congregation, we are an outpost of the kingdom of God where we seek the strength of the Lord together. When we are utterly depleted, we can come together, too. Part of receiving God's grace, part of receiving and leaning on his power is in the strength of community and the community of the Lord, where we are all mutually empowered by the Holy Spirit together, in unity in that, and we can bear one another's burdens, as Paul writes. We can, we can walk with each other in love in that way, and bear one another's burdens, and strengthen and edify one another. So the first observation about strengthening ourselves in the Lord is that we lean on God's power, and, and we lean on God's power through each one of us. The second observation I'll offer you is to trust in the covenant Lord. Now, David, in his situation, it says he strengthened himself in Adonai, his God. And I'll emphasize the word his there. 
It was not a God. It was not the God. It was his God. David was united in a covenant with God, with Adonai, his God. And the same is true for us. We are to trust in a covenant that we have with the Lord. Okay? In Isaiah chapter 55, it says that everyone who thirsts, come to the water. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? Your wages for what does not satisfy. Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me and listen so that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The trustworthy loyalty to David. So this covenant that Isaiah speaks about, this is, that was Isaiah 55 verses 1 through 3, by the way. This covenant that, that Isaiah speaks about, it's the blood of Yeshua who died and rose again and promises to be with us all the way till the end of the age. It's a promise for every one of us. When we throw up our hands empty-handed to the grace of God, we have that same relationship with God that David had. We have it, and we have it more. We have the power of the Spirit within us. So hallelujah, amen to that, that we can trust in the covenant of the Lord. The third observation I will share with you about this is that we taste the gladness in God, okay? So I want you to consider the experience of David when he strengthened himself in the Lord. What's it like when you strengthen yourself in God? What do you think it was like for David when David strengthened himself in the Lord? And this is where Psalm 34 comes into play. This is what we read earlier, okay? And as I said, the psalm is not specifically about the Ziklag situation, okay? It's, I think it applies, though, generally to how he strengthened himself in the Lord in these days. So I want to reread to you part of it. In verses 4 and 5, it says, Magnify Adonai with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought Adonai and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. Then it continues and says, Those who look to him are radiant and their faces will never be ashamed. Down in verse 9 it says, Taste and see how good Adonai is. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Back up in verse 2, it says, My soul boasts in Adonai, the humble hear of it, and rejoice. I kind of went out of order there on purpose. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces will never be ashamed. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. My soul makes his boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear of it and be glad. David sought the Lord. The Lord heard him, and God delivered him. David tasted the goodness of the Lord. He tasted it, and it tasted good. His face became radiant, it says. The Hebrew word there is nahar, okay, radiant. 
It means shining, okay? I'm thinking like Moses glowing when he came from the presence of the Lord. His face became radiant. It was like Jonathan in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 27, when he tasted the honey in the forest, and it says his eyes became bright, okay? I imagine this is this, like, bright eyes only. This is like David's whole face. He became radiant. He boasted in Adonai this word halal. It's related to the word halal, is used to boast, to praise the Lord. He's boasting, praising in Adonai. When you, when you boast in something, right, you're giving praise to that something. You're giving glory to that something. David's saying, boast in the Lord. Now, question for you is, maybe you say, well, I've never tasted the glory of God. I would challenge you in that. I'd say that you've tasted many of his appetizers. Have you ever seen a Kansas sunset? Have you ever been hugged by a friend? Have you ever sat in front of a warm campfire at Sukkot? Have you ever walked in the woods or sat by the lake? Have you ever enjoyed your favorite drink? on a hot day, or eating anything good? Have you tasted horseradish on the matzah at Passover? (laughs) You say you haven't tasted God's glory. I say that you have tasted appetizers. Maybe that last one was a setback, okay? (laughs) But you get the idea. Go on to the meal. Go on to God himself. Psalm 63, 6 says, My soul will be satisfied as with the fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. Go on to the meal. You've seen the shadows. Look at the substance. You've walked in the warm rays of the day. Now it's time to turn and look to the sun itself. Yes, we look to the sun through the lens of the gospel, the sun, Yeshua, You've heard the echoes of God's glory. Now we tune our hearts to the original music, not just the echoes of the music. The best place to do this, the best place to get our hearts tuned is at the feet of our Lord, Yeshua the Messiah. It says in John 1, 14, we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. We have seen his glory. Yeshua is the one who's full of glory. So we look to him. First and foremost, that's who we look to. He's the Son. We look to the Son in the Gospel. That's where the most concentrated display of God's glory is at. It's in the Gospel. That's where we look. We look to Yeshua. We look and read about his sacrifice for us. We study that. We focus our eyes. We tune our hearts. And we waken our taste buds so that we will see and we will hear and we will taste the glory of the true God. And we will, as we do so, what, we will, what will happen is we'll start to see that in so many places in our lives. How many of you guys know a person and you've met them and they, in every situation, they, they're just like, oh, God is so wonderful, just working in this. And, and they can pull it out of anything. And sometimes you're like, oh, come on. You know, right? <laughs> but, but really, I mean, someone, and they're genuine. 
doing about it? And it's awesome because they are focused on the gospel. So focused on God's goodness, they really, truly can. And I pray that we can really, truly be so immersed in, the God's, in God's glory, in his gospel, that we will see him in every situation. And we'll see his goodness in every situation. That's what we were made for. And this is what remnant of Israel is made for. So I beg you, don't throw your life away on the shadows, okay? Don't throw your life away on the shadows, on the appetizers. You've seen some of them, okay? You've tasted them. Now we're going to go to the full banquet together, though. We're going to sing of his glories. We're going to be joyful in him. We're going to pursue God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength above everything else. So like David in Psalm 34, when he called out for all the humble to join him too, he said to join him in gladness. He said, let the humble hear and be glad. And there was nothing shallow about this gladness. This is gladness of joy, true joyful gladness. It's deep-seated joy in, the, in his life and for us. David was in a very serious situation, okay? But it was joy in a very serious situation. The joy of the Lord was David's strength. The joy of the Lord needs to be our strength. And then he, sa- he followed up this command and he said, join me. This is in verse 2. He says, join me in gladness. Sorry, verse 3. depends on which... Uh, chapter or version you're reading. I was kind of going between the Hebrew and the English versions. The verses are numbered differently. But it says, join in my gladness with the command, and then it's followed up, magnify the Lord with me. And he meant, do these two things because the Lord will be magnified and you will be glad in the Lord. In your being glad in the Lord, in our joy in the Lord, God's, God is glorified. God is magnified in that. So that command really should be an anthem for us. Just like what Lisa shared about how our poorhouse came around and offered donations so that Amy could purchase this Bible for this Arabic-speaking friend of hers. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. That should be an anthem for us as believers. Whenever we're together with another believer... The spirit in our hearts should be magnify Adonai with me. Let's, it, let's us exalt his name together. Now, when I'm together with you, that should be my, my creed that I live by in my marriage. Magnify the Lord with me, Lisa. Let's exalt his name together. And when I'm with you and working together with you for the kingdom, let's magnify the Lord together. Let's exalt his name together. Something actually... I don't know, if Zach, if you do this on purpose, but almost without fail, Zach, every time when we're working together and we're done, you look at me and you say, it's good serving with you, Phil. And I think about that verse, magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together forever because that's, I believe, what we're doing in our hearts. <laughs> He's over here like, yeah, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> That's right. It should be our creed to live by, our anthem to live by. So my prayer today for all of us is that when your efforts in the world meet 
exhausting setbacks, that you will know how to strengthen yourself in the Lord your God, and that he is the Lord your God, not just the Lord God, but the Lord your God, that you will call upon him, that you will taste his power and his goodness, that you will find him so satisfying that your heart is made glad in the Lord, and that this gladness will strengthen you, and it will be your strength, and it will show God's infinite worth to you and to all around you. The chapter closes like this, and I'm going to close like this, and I want to invite the praise team to come up here now. It says, it doesn't close directly in this, but it says in verse 19, Adonai is close to the brokenhearted, and save those who are crushed in spirit. Many are, many are the distresses of the righteous, but Adonai delivers him out of them all. Amen? Amen. I'm inviting the praise team to come up because I asked them if we could sing a song that is based on Psalm 34. We've sang it before in this congregation, so it's not entirely new. Um, but I asked them to work on it this week, and so we did. And so I'm going to invite you to stand, and we are going to worship together, taste and see that the Lord is good, and exalt and magnify Him together. words of this song say, I sought the Lord and he answered me, delivered me from every fear. Those who look on him are radiant. They shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard me and saved me from my enemies. The son of God surrounds his saints. He will deliver them. He will deliver them. Magnify the Lord with me. Come exalt his name together. Glorify the Lord with me. Come exalt his name forever. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, blessed is he who hides in him. Oh, fear the Lord, all you saints. He will give you everything. He will give you everything.
Let's magnify the Lord together. Let's exalt his name together. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.